keep hope alive. Keep hope alive. And today, uh, the subtitle is, it's a full-time, a full-time life of walking in the hope of the Lord, of allowing God's hope to manifest. Now, there are a lot of instances in our lives that we, we kind of wonder, what is hope? How can we have hope in the midst of situations? And I know that some have lost hope. When uh, my wife and I had the privilege of being at the dinner and speaking, and they asked me to speak, um, I was in front of many people who do not attend church. Probably 90% of the people that were there were not, uh, as we would say, churchgoers. And so in the reality of that, what do you say to them? Well, we brought them to the Word and we brought them to hope. And just a few words that were stated brought a lot of hope in a lot of people and it encouraged them. And so God always will touch your life and bring you hope if you understand it. And so that's the goal of this series that we begin today is to recognize the hope in God. Well, turn your Bibles to the book of Jeremiah. We're gonna go to chapter 29 to a verse that we basically all know, we've heard many times, but I want to take this verse and I want to catapult from this verse and to teach you about hope and what it is in our lives. Probably one of the greatest revelations that I got was from a very simplistic thing that took place uh, in my own personal life. I was traveling uh, to another country to minister and spent about eight days teaching leadership and and doing a lot of things uh, with leaders. And, and as I was traveling internationally, we had to land on a small island. And once we got to the small island, we were stuck because they uh, moved because of the time frame the pilots were flying. They had to fly to this island because they only had a few more hours that they could fly. And so, in, in the reality, we landed on this island, and there was no other pilots on this island. There's no ability to get on another plane or stay on that plane and some other pilots to come and fly. So, what they announced to us, that we would be spending the night in the airport. And so, that's happened before, and so I just thought, well, another study night and a, another night of, of not much sleep, but that's okay. It was well worth the trip that, that I had uh, taken and ministered to hundreds and hundreds of leaders. And so in that process, as we, I began to sit there in a study, then an announcement came that due to the regulations and the laws of that time frame in that small city, that they were going to shut down the electric uh, grid and that there would only be emergency lights that would be on the airport. So uh, as I was uh, sitting there, again, no problem. You know, Lord, you, you knew all this. I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to keep going. And uh, so after a while, I thought, you know, I'm going to get up and just walk around and stretch my legs. And so I walked all through the airport. It wasn't that big, but I was walking through it. And all of a sudden, I came to this large window. And the whole city basically was darkened because of the regulations. But across the street from the airport was this large hotel that had every light on in the hotel. And I'm looking at that. I'm looking around the city. I'm looking past the hotel. And everybody else's lights were out. 
And then I looked, and in the middle of there, there was a place that they were barbecuing, and I could see smoke coming up. And, and uh, so, so I kind of uh, thought, what in the world is going on there? And so I walked over to one of the guys that was there that was running the airport, and I said, I said, hey, um, when is the next plane coming in? When's the next pilot's coming in? And he said, well, sir, uh, we just found out they're not going to be here till 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. And this was like about 8.30 in the evening. And, and uh, I said, um, so if they come in at 8 o'clock, would there be a problem if I left the airport and I walked across the street to that hotel? He said, he says, well, he says, no, there's not going to be a problem. We can't keep you here. And you can go ahead and go over there. So, so I walked over across the street. And uh, I, I looked around, and yeah, sure enough, there was full of people, and they were laughing, and, and they were eating barbecue and all kinds of things. And, and uh, I'm looking at this, and I said, what in the world is going on? And, and so, you know, how could there be this much light in the midst of this much darkness? And that was my thought. And I believe that was the Holy Spirit speaking to me and beginning to show me something and to put something in my spirit that would enlighten me to what we're going to be talking about in this series called hope. So I, I went to the manager of this hotel and I said, why do you have your lights on and everybody else doesn't have their lights on? He said, well, people ask us that question all the time. And what, what has happened is when we built this hotel, we built it with a gas generator. So every time the lights go down for a time frame till midnight, what we do is we, we have our generator running, we have the lights, we could do everything in our, in our hotel. In our hotel, we can... Uh, have air conditioning and, and heat and everything uh, the way it should be. So, but this is what the gentleman said to me, and I wrote it down. He said, we have power on the inside that is not controlled by the circumstances on the outside. And right away in my spirit, the Holy Spirit said, we have something inside us that is overriding that which is without. When we're talking about hope, we're not talking about what's going on in our lives. We're not talking about what we're experiencing. We're talking about a spiritual truth that says that we have power on the inside that is not controlled by the circumstances on the outside. And when you talk about hope, there is a hope that is so real, no matter what darkness you are facing, no matter what situation that you are facing in your life, there is always hope because there's a power on the inside of you. We have just finished the Ready, Set, Go series. We understood the great I am who transcends all things. He created all things. Nothing causes him to change because he's above all things. He knows all things. He's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. He created all things and he controls all things. 
We are today living in the beginning of end times where God is pouring out his spirit. But he also says in these times, there will be dark days or darkness. Darkness is creeping into families and these families are falling apart. In a political season that we are in, the, the, the madness, the darkness is covering many landscapes. People are making choices because they have no hope. They have blamed an outside circumstance that's created and caused them to not have hope on the inside. And so in their lives, they're full of fear and they're full of doubt and they're full of things in their lives that nothing is going to happen, nothing can take place because something is too big on the outside. The circumstance is too dark. And now I have no hope. And so they make decisions based upon no hope, based upon a God that is not there, that there's only darkness. The situation of the past was too bleak for us in our future to have something that could be so great as what Pastor Ryan or Pastor Dan or Terry was talking about today. You see, in many instances, we, we measure what our future will be based upon our circumstance, based upon whether we have hope or whether we have no hope. The hope that we're talking is not something where in a sentence we say, I hope so. The hope that we're talking about is a spiritual power and an anointing that is in you and the circumstance on the inside is greater. Greater is he that's within me than he that is in the world. And no matter what darkness you are facing in your life, you can go through it and have hope, knowing that God's word's gonna come to pass because he transcends all. By the way, the barbecue was really good at that hotel. <laughs> In the midst of every dark thing you are facing, let me remind you of an amazing verse. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. To give you a future and a hope. Jeremiah 29, 11 is a well-lit verse. But it was a well-lit verse in a very dark time or a chapter with Israel. In Jeremiah 29, before you get to verse 11, is discussing a very black, dark situation that Israel is facing in their life. Drop down or, or go up to verse 4. Jeremiah 29, 4 says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all who were carried away captive, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. 
Israel was sent into exile because of their rebellion against God. Their families have fallen apart. Many of their families have been killed in war. Their economics was in dire straits. Some were starving to death. Now they were forced to live in a secular society called Babylon. But I want to say this to you. Truth wins all the time. You shall know the truth, and that truth will set you free. In this chapter of Jeremiah, it says all the preachers, listen to what he's saying in this chapter. He says all the preachers are telling you God will deliver you tomorrow, but every one of them are lying to you because you will not be delivered tomorrow. So on every single level, everywhere they looked, it was dark. Some of you today, in your lives, what you're seeing is darkness. But let me give you hope, a true hope, a spiritual, powerful hope. But church, in the midst of all you see in your life, look, I have a well-lit verse. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Let me give you some counsel now. Because some of you are sitting there and the first instant is that your emotions rise up and you want to reject because even in your darkness, you have rejected God's hope. You've rejected God. Not that you said, I don't believe God is Lord. He's Lord of my life. But you've rejected God's plan for your life because you've allowed the circumstance to be bigger than what's on the inside of you. You've lost hope regarding your family. You've lost hope regarding your friendships. To the young people here today, maybe some have rejected you and you've tried something and you've heard a message, uh, you know, maybe at warehouse, you heard a message, you know, in the sanctuary and you said, that is true and you've gone out and you tried it and it seemed like it failed. And you find that people that, you, that should be the closest, the one that should be supporting you, be there for you, are not there for you because they've lost hope too. And the decisions they're making in their life are based upon no hope. There's hopelessness in their life. And the reality is that because they see the circumstance bigger than our God. But see, the prophet, in the midst of their darkness, was showing them the light of that hotel was showing them that there was, there was provision in the midst of darkness. Even in the midst of our rebellion and of our wrong choices. Some of you are in, are in that hopelessness because you have lived a life and you're a good person, but you've made some really dire mistakes in your life. 
and you feel like you cannot go any further than you are now, and you sense in your spirit, because what you're hearing at Valley Community Church, you're sensing in your spirit that, you know, I, I want this, I need this, but I can't. Because you have recognized the things, the decisions, the things you've done, the things that you haven't done. You have looked at it and said, there's no way that forgiveness can be there. But I want to tell you, in the midst of your darkness, there's hope. That God has, has planned for you, even in the midst of your rebellion and your darkness and the wrong decisions and the things that people have done to you and your hurt, there's hope in there because there's something on the inside and it's called the Holy Spirit, it's called God, the great I am that is there for you that can take you to the place that he has planned in spite of what the circumstances show. God has given us a well-lit verse for us to live our lives and to be the platform of our future. But let me give you this counsel. If you are depressed, don't read the book of Jeremiah. Chapter after chapter after chapter is discouragement, depression, Judgment, sin, negative circumstances. What am I getting at? The answer is, in a dark chapter, in a dark book, I still have a well-lit verse. God has plans for you to give you a future and a hope. We have learned in our last series, Ready, Set, Go, of that great I am, transcends all, that he never leaves you nor forsakes you. And his presence is there. That he is always there. Maybe some here are in a dark chapter. Maybe your family, generation after generation, has been a dark book as far back as you can look. Some of you have bad memories. Some of you have chronic circumstances that always crop up in your life. Maybe some have sins, or you know people that have sins that they're trapped in. But church, I want to encourage you, there's still a great verse. I have a plan for you, says the Lord. Plans for your well-being and not calamity to give you a future and a hope. What does hope mean? This is what we're going to dive in the next five or six weeks. Hope, it is a joyful expectation about the future. It is a joyful expectation of your future. Hope never addresses your situation of the day. We learned what addresses the situa situation of the day. The now God. The God of now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. It is always, hope is always an antis anticipating where you are going and not where you've been. When you begin to realize a hope in you 
that's greater than your circumstance, then you stop looking back in your past. You stop allowing your past to rule your life. Mistakes have been made, all of us. We've all come short. But when we allow the the power of hope, God in us, to move in us, then we stop addressing our past to try to get to our future. I didn't say that you don't have to ask for forgiveness. The Bible doesn't say that. I don't say that. The truth is that when we sin, that we are to literally go to God and ask for forgiveness. And the Bible says he is faithful and just to forgive us those sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1.9. Hope always anticipates your tomorrow will be better than yesterday and your future will be better than your past. I don't want to do that again because when I did it before, I really messed up. Hope says, if God's saying do it, I do it. Because God's going to show me greater things and I will be able to walk in that. Hope comes because you see the scripture that is lit up from the inside today. Hope begins to manifest in you because you see this scripture. When you, when you leave here, many of you will back up in your car, won't you? Many of you will put the key in the car, you'll start it, and you'll put it in reverse, and you'll back up. And what are you doing? You're looking in the rearview mirror this big. Here's the hope <laughs> that you don't hit anyone. No, I'm just... <laughs> Here's the hope. Let me show you. When you put your car in drive, there's a much bigger piece of glass because where you were going is much bigger than your past. When you look at your past, it's this little rearview mirror. But when that hope begins to rise up in you, just like in your car, you have that big windshield to look through. And there's so much to see. There's so much to expect. There's such an expectancy because God is a big God. The I am God is a huge God, and he has something very special for you because he loves you. Remember the great I am that he wants to have such intimacy with you. If you were the only one, I know we hear this all the time, if you're the only one on earth, he would have intimacy with you. He would have died for you because he loves you. That's the God that we serve. That's the God that gives us hope if we allow that well-lit verse to manifest in our dark times. Today, God says, I have a plan for you, saith the Lord. Church, it's a good plan. It involves your future And it involves hope. Future is always dim and grim when there's no hope. With all this, verse 11 leads us to the next verse. So follow me as we begin to open up this power of hope. 
In Jeremiah 29, verse 12 and 13, it says, Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You know, the writer could have said, you rebellious whatever, because that's why they were in captivity, because of their rebellion. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. What is Jeremiah saying after that well-lit verse in verse 11? Before you realize I have a plan for you, you must come to me, says the Lord. Because they have been chasing their circumstances. They have been trying to answer their own problems. They have been looking at the problems and the rejection and the hurt, and they've been trying to fix it. They've been trying to dumb it down so that it didn't hurt so bad. Let me play with words now and listen closely as I say this. In order to get the plan, you must go to the planner to get the plan. For the problem and predicament you find yourself in. God is saying, I want to drive you to me. Jeremiah is saying to Israel, God is driving you to him. God is using this reality of your life and driving you to him. He says, I have a plan for you. I have the answer for you. I want you to come to me, and every decision you make, everything you do, it's based upon the hope that is inside you, not based upon your past, not based upon your circumstance. It's based upon who I am inside you. I am your answer. I am your God. I am your lover. I'm the one that will meet your need. You must seek and you must search for me. You must pursue me until you locate me and do it with all your heart. Let's read that scripture again. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Some in their dark days are crying out, no one's listening to me. And God, the God of truth, says, I will listen to you. The Lord says, I don't want a casual effort either. I want to know if you're concerned about my person and not only the plan. <laughs> Let me say it this way. There are a lot of people who want the plan of God without the person of God. Now, when I wrote this, I wrote it three different ways because I didn't want to be so hard. But let me say it again. This is what the Holy Spirit was saying. There are a lot of people who want the plan of God without the person of God. The key is getting connected to the I am, the now God. There can be no compromise either. There could be no mixture of either or. 
See, many in this world are part-time Christians who want a full-time God. Many want the power and the hope of God and only want it part-time, but they want God on call full-time. But let me tell you, he's always there. But the reason why the answer's not there is because we search out everything else first. God is a jealous God. God is a God that says, I want you to want me first, only. And when you get me, I will infuse you with hope, the power of hope, this truth, And when you seek me, and even though you don't feel like it, even though you're hurting, even though everything looks like it's falling apart, I want you to understand, I want you to be a full-time Christian. I want you to be that person that is seeking me. When you go to buy a car, you call 20 banks to see what kind of loan you can get. God says, I want you to call on me first. And ask me where I want to send you. And I will give you the answer. Because I have your future in my hands. And if you will really grab a hold of that, God says, in the midst of Israel's darkness, in the midst of your dark time, God says, if you will call on me, I will listen to you, and I will have an answer for you, and I will give you the future that I have planned, and in the process of getting to your future, you will always have a hope. Nothing will steer you to the right or to the left. In the book of Joshua, He tells them, don't look to the left or the right hand. Don't look to finances. Don't look to long life and health, but look towards me. Because if you do, you will have all of that. I've promised all of that. That's your future. That's your future. Well, no one cares for me. No one pats me on the back. And what God is saying, I want you to have hope in your life 24-7 because you trust in me, you seek me, you hear me, you walk with me, and every decision that you make, you make it with an understanding that the Spirit of God spoke to you. Amen? See, hope is more than I hope so. Maybe God will, no, God says, I will. They asked Jesus, will you heal me? He said, I will. But most people has hope so. And listen, when you are facing dire straits of sickness and disease and cancer and hurt and rejection, the enemy wants you to get off to the circumstance. But it hurts. It's hard but it's not hard when you're hearing the voice of God. 
It's not hard in the midst of your tears. As Terry says, she cried a lot. In the midst of her tears, she was there wiping her eyes and looking at Scripture and getting hope back into her spirit. That's what we do. God is calling you and saying, will you chase after me? He's calling me to say, will you seek after me greater than you ever have before? Because let me tell you, no matter what you learn of God and no matter what you hear from God, there's always more. Because he's a great God. It must be with all of our hearts. Because of their rebellion, God put them or allowed them to be in a pagan culture, a pagan government, and a pagan rule. When they, under, when they were under pagan pressure to get their individual attention. Does God have your attention today? Or is your attention based upon the circumstance? Are you thinking that that outside thing or what you have faced in your past, the rejection in your past, the decisions that you know were wrong in your past, are those things getting your attention more than God? And if they are, I'm saying to you, church, that this beautiful, powerful, spiritual, amazing gift of hope has flittered away. And our decisions are being made from hopelessness and not hope. God has called you and me to go after God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind. Every aspect of our life is to seek him and to know him. When you have hope, then you know forgiveness, true forgiveness. When you're in hopelessness, you get into religion. You get into rule and law. You begin to make decisions based upon things that is the enemy accusing you, causing you to make decisions based upon his rule and not God's rule. And I say to you, church, the truth will make you free. You will have hope for your future. You will be able to accomplish the things that God has called you, even though man has said it'll never work. Even though some people will reject you because you're walking in God's hope and God's future. You can't base your decisions on that. You need to base your decision on God. I know God has your attention. I know so many of you have gone through discipleship. You, you, you chase after the Bible studies. You go after those things because you want to know more. But what we're going to learn in this series about hope, hope comes because you have intimacy with God. Your relationship, your fellowship with God will change 
because you are seeking after this hope. Really, it is in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our hope is in him. And let me tell you, as we learned in our last series, he's right there. He's right there. In the midst of darkness in this small city, there was hope for me. That barbecue was right across the street. And it was well lit. In the midst of your pain, in the midst of your hurt, and I'm sorry, I know what pain and hurt feels like. But God will deliver you from that. God will heal you. He'll restore that. Depression will, will change into joy and anticipation of your next day. As you serve the now God today, as you seek after him today, you will find that he's right there. That's what Jeremiah was telling Israel because they're all complaining. If you read the book of Jeremiah, they're just basically, and Jeremiah's crying out all kinds of things, and, and the people are crying out, and they're just saying, God's not there. Where is he? How come he's not helping me? Me, 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 me. And all of a sudden, verse 11, a well-lit verse. I will give you a future and a hope. But the next couple verses he says, but seek after me. Search after me. Spend time with me. I had the privilege of of doing a memorial service a couple days ago with the church family and seeing the hope of the Lord manifest, seeing God transform lives and seeing the joy of hope for the future because of the promise of the day that the person who passed away is with her Lord and Savior. Truth expels falsehood. When you are accused, as a terminology of the world, when there's bullying going on, all kinds of things that people base their lives on, truth will expel all those things and bring the rightness of who you are as a daughter or son of God. Let me close with this statement, and then I, I want us to stand in a moment, and I'm going to pray for you. Here's my statement to you. Wherever you are at, whatever your day brings you today, God has a future for you. And it's based upon an anticipation in your heart. How that happens is not that you become good because there's only one good, and that's him. How that happens is you just seek God more. You spend more time with him. What does that mean to some of you? It might mean that you finally start reading scripture. That, that Bible above your mantle, you dust it off. That you get your iPad out, you get your phone out, 
and you read Scripture on a daily basis. Well, I don't have time. Yes, you do. But you go to work and you have a 15-minute break and you read that Scripture. Or you write it out and you put it on that small mirror that wants to represent your past and you begin to write out Scripture of your future and you read it. God loves you. God has a plan for every one of us. You have not blown it. You have not made the ultimate mistake. By the way, you want to know a truth? Here it is. The only ultimate mistake is the rejection of the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That's the only thing that is unforgivable. God has a plan for you. As we stand, I want you to rise up with understanding. When you walk outside these doors, God sees your whole future.